welcome back to another episode of Educate, the alternative classroom experience brought to you by Katie Conn in her childhood bedroom in a fort that I've made out of bedding and a mattress topper. So dream big everybody, it truly doesn't get better than this and I'm saying this as I'm lying on my stomach with slight cramping because... <laughs> I haven't really thought too much into the mechanics as to how to sit comfortably in said fort. So there we go. A challenge for the next record, perhaps. So in my last episode of Educate, I was joined by the amazing Patrick Harding, who left me a wonderful voice note telling me all about his platform, Joy, and what it's currently doing to connect people in communities that are feeling lonely during this really difficult time. And I'd just like to remind you all that if you'd like to donate a bundle of joy to a patient currently suffering with COVID-19 in hospital, I would really thoroughly recommend you to do so. And I will leave that link again in today's show notes. So I think this last week has just been such a weird and random one for me. I feel like my moods have been so up and down and I've just felt quite stagnant and I don't know very overthinky much more than usual so I've decided to take refuge in some books and I've been dipping in and out of this book for quite a long time now it's probably over a year um but it's so dense but so interesting but every time I've tried to read it I'm often coming away kind of angry in a really good way don't get me wrong I'm, I'm sort of burning with feminist joy and destruction all at the same time but I just find that it's so dense uh, that I have to take a break but annoyingly I have one of those brains that I'll take in a fact and I'll be utterly shocked by it but when it comes to a point where I need to regurgitate that fact to sort of back up what I'm saying I'm just at a loss with myself I just for some reason just cannot remember the exact numerical aspects of it so I can get the gist of things, uh, but when it comes to the specificity of it, I'm at a little loss with me old self. But anywho, the book is amazing and it's titled Invisible Women, Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. It's by Caroline Criado Perez and truly this woman is just an icon. I would love, love to have her brain. Oh my goodness. She says some amazing things in here. I wish I could just regurgitate them all right now. But one of the topics that I really um, want to talk about is catcalling. She writes so amazingly about it in here. And it's just got my brain thinking about catcalling and the sort of injustices that happen with it and how annoying it is. And I've been thinking as well, where have the catcallers gone? during COVID-19. Where are my least favourite people in society lurking? Well, who knows? They're in the safety of their own homes. But let's be rest assured, when all of this is over, we will find you and we will... I would absolutely love to read you some of the extracts from her book that are on this topic. And I hope that they make you think like they've made me have a think. And I'm sorry if it brings back any bad memories of any unpleasant moments um, of street harassment. But I think it's really, really good to hear about the data and the reasoning behind all of these catcalling, bizarre, horrible things. So, as women navigate public spaces, they are also navigating a slew of threatening sexual behaviours. Before we even get to the more serious offences like being assaulted, women are dealing on a daily basis with behaviours from men that make 
and are often calculated to make, to make them feel uncomfortable, ranging from catcalling to being leered at, to the use of sexualized slurs and requests for someone's name. None of these behaviours is criminal activity, but they all add up to a feeling of sexual menace, a feeling of being watched, of being in danger. And in fact, these behaviours can easily escalate. Enough women have experienced the sharp shift from smile, love, it might never happen, to fuck you, bitch, why are you ignoring me, to being followed home and assaulted, to know that an innocent comment from a male stranger can be anything but. But women don't report these behaviours, because who could they report them to? Until the emergence of groups like Everyday Sexism and Hollaback, which give women a space in which they can talk about the intimidating, but just short of criminal behaviours they face in public spaces on a daily basis, public awareness of this behaviour was more or less non-existent. When police in Nottingham shared recording misogynistic behaviour, everything from indecent exposure to groping to upskirting as a hate crime, or if the behaviour was not strictly criminal, a hate incident, they found reports shot up. Not because men had suddenly got much worse, but because women felt they could be taken seriously. Now, I think that that reading is just so important because I think a lot of the time the the lack of reporting and the, the lack of people's willingness to report these issues is probably because it doesn't feel like there's a system in place where you can actually confidently ring in and say this happened to me it made me feel like this and what are you guys going to do about it because how do you quantify a look it almost seems like it's too much effort to you know the potential results that could come from it and I think it's hard to explain that sort of feeling because I think whenever you try to explain that it makes you feel rubbish or it makes you feel like shit it it's never really enough and I've had it a lot when I've explained the catcalling situation with men, actually, who are such lovely and compassionate people. But it, there's often, it's often met with the kind of shock that that seems to happen on a regular basis. And I've always sort of been quite quietly surprised. I mean, I say quietly surprised. I'm definitely not quietly surprised. But I've always been rather shocked that they don't witness it. I've noticed as well a lot of catcalling happens when you walk past a said catcaller. They'll clock you and then it's as you've moved past them it's the shout that is coming from behind and it's that level where you don't know how far someone is away from you. It's that level that makes you feel that it's such a cowardly annoying thing for guys to do and I have found that I have just on occasions turned around and gone what sorry sorry what did you want to say oh fuck off and I've done that a couple of times and I do think that is probably very irresponsible of me in hindsight I have had it once when I was on the phone and a guy was um on a bike it's just all a little bit uncomfortable sort of very much looking it just I was walking on my own and I just stuck up my middle finger um, and that was probably a very, very bad thing to have done because he started to get angry. And then I'd basically put myself in a situation where I was probably slightly in danger. So I think there aren't really the tools there um, to navigate these situations. And I think I messed up there. So I would thoroughly not recommend anyone doing that if they are feeling like they are not in a public space where there will be support. <laughs> So on the back of that, off the back of that, I wanted to explain a little bit about what Caroline says uh, to sort of back up why men don't often see this. 
So I think this is really interesting. The invisibility of the threatening behaviour women face in public is compounded by the reality that men don't do this to women who are accompanied by other men, who are in any case also much less likely to experience this kind of behaviour. A recent Brazilian survey found that two-thirds of women had been victims of sexual harassment and violence whilst in transit, half of them on public transportation. The proportion among men was 18%. So men who didn't do it and didn't experience it simply didn't know it was going on. And they all too dismissed women who told them about it with an airy, well, I've never seen it, another gender data gap. So I think that's so interesting because I've had it when I've been with my boyfriend and he has witnessed, you know, a car beep or something like that. But I don't think he's ever witnessed sort of any of the level of oh hello darling or blah 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 and I think again that kind of comes down to the idea of maybe seeing women as property slightly um you know oh she's accompanied by a man I'm not going to step on their territory type of thing you know if you're able to say something in a car you've immediately got a getaway um very cowardly anyway but you've immediately got a a getaway from that person so you're not going to put yourself in sort of physical macho danger or whatever but it's very interesting whenever you talk to a woman about it and you say oh yeah catcalling there's just that immediate sense of acknowledgement so oh yeah god and then everyone will have a story i think if you ask anybody and i'm sure i'm not saying that this doesn't happen to men i'd like to make that clear but i think if you do ask that to anybody it does not discriminate what you look like what you were wearing you know where you were it just it happens all the time and I think there are enough videos out there that show that this does happen to everybody and it really does annoy me it's something that I think you know is awful that it still goes on but I think that you can ask anyone about catcalling and they will have a story everybody has a catcalling story I'm almost certain of it and I'd love to hear all about them I mean it would make me sad but I think it would be interesting if you guys could let me know of any of the stories that you've sort of encountered over the years because I think it is important to just make it visible when it's such an invisible issue to so many people but I think a story that kind of comes to the surface of my mind so this this one was actually ridiculous I was I was leaving my house and I got to this point where I thought oh I can be cool I can run to the gym go on Katie be sporty get your heart rate up go 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 and I'm running up the road and I suddenly almost like in sport you know when they do that tunnel when the teams come out and they clap each other or I think that happens at the end actually but I was running up the street and I sort of ran through this bunch of lads who were sort of congregating on the street and they all started clapping me like (laughs) but they actually all started clapping I had my headphones in so it it just was the most bizarre thing I was like stop it that's so so weird what are you doing and that's just like the trivial level of catcalling so there are the obscene stories like that that I'm sure people have where it's just like get a grip like go away you're so annoying but then I think everybody also has their really scary versions of the catcalling stories 
Um, I mean, the amount of times when you're walking home and, you know, you're receiving uncomfortable glares, uncomfortable sort of slurs, I guess. And then it's just that fear when you're walking home. And I've definitely had this before. And it's not even been late where cars have started coming up beside you. They're slowing down slightly. It just all feels a little bit intimidating. And this once happened to me when I was walking home. And I felt really uncomfortable. I sprinted away. And then I heard behind me the shouting of, you fucking bitch. And I was really scared. I was so shaken up. And as I was running away, I was just, you know, really frightened. And I think when I got in, I was just so angry about it. And I suddenly thought, oh, I'm a fucking bitch for running away from a terrifying human being that was making me feel very scared and... Who'd have known what would have happened if I hadn't have run? It's just those sorts of thoughts that come into your head and just make you so angry. (laughs) And then it kind of brings into that whole thing of, well, should I be getting in a cab? Should I be, you know, not walking at this time? And But it's everyone knows that those things are really, really impractical. But I think it was in the winter, so it was darker. But we can't keep paying for cab rides to avoid these situations otherwise we're going to be broke i think everyone's used to you know having to fork out for the old uber on a night out because they want to come home early or you know they're done with the night and they think well could i get the tube or would it be safer to get an uber and i think every person goes through that dilemma and i've always been taught just just get the uber get get the uber get just do it It might be annoying, it's going to be money, but just do it. But I do recognise that I'm incredibly fortunate that I am able to be in that position. I am able to, you know, get the odd cab ride here and there to avoid being in those situations. But for those that can't afford to do those things, I think it's such a grave injustice, to be honest. And I always do wonder, how much do companies like Uber and cabs get from this situation in itself? Because I'm sure that if suddenly the streets were safer and there were more police around or, I don't know, there was just a system in place to stop street harassment and prevent it from happening, I'd be very, very interested what the situation would be with people taking up public transport rather than, you know, getting in cars and cabs. So that's just my thinking. It was interesting this year because a pipe burst near where we live We've had these basically people that have almost been like guardian angels just in these high-vis vests 24-7 on the street. And I really can't tell you because it was during winter. They just made us feel so much safer. And we, we did joke. We were like, they're like guardian angels, honestly, of the night. But it's really true. Um, having that presence that somebody is out there looking out for you really, really made such a difference. And... I think I'm going to be quite sad when that pipe is eventually fixed because, you know, where where are the guardian angels going to be in my life? I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you've got some interesting takeaways from this fantastic book by Caroline Criado-Perez. And I really encourage you to have these frank and honest discussions with 
those who you're living with so we can really expose that this is a really really annoying sometimes invisible issue that is so visible to so many of us so make sure that you enlighten those around you and you know just let's try and get rid of these cat callers wherever they are we will find you and we will say and think about questionable things that we would like to do to you because of how annoying and rude and just utterly rank you are so there we go I hope you enjoyed my little ranty lesson. Apologies if it was a little bit on the nose. I do hope that you will tune in again next time for another lesson on Educate. But in the meantime, please stay safe. Please look after yourselves and do whatever makes you happy. Have a lovely week and I'll see you next time for another lesson on Educate. Bye.